Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tents. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. The neatest thing about tropical fishes is that there's so damn many varieties to play with, right? And within the different varieties are all sorts of species nuances like temperament, dietary preference, size, and interesting behavioral aspects. And these nuances can often help us discover fishes that are actually well-suited for the types of aquariums that we play with. Some do find their way into our tanks fairly regularly. Others tend to be more elusive. I wonder why I've been so obsessed with eh, more elusive fishes over the years. I guess it's because I was such a prolific reader of fish books growing up, or maybe because I'm fascinated by the habitats where some fishes come from, which has resulted in me researching and looking for some rather obscure fishes found in them. And the crazy thing is that many of them are simply not kept in the hobby at all. Have you ever had a fascination with a fish that you absolutely know you'll probably never even keep or even see in the hobby for that matter? Well, yeah, that's me. So some of these are so hypothetical, uh, a term I hijacked long ago to mean, dude, you'll never find these little bastards, <laughs> as to be almost mythical. You know, like some of the really rare blackwater dwelling live bears, of which there are a few. Uh, of course, they're just plain dull and have so little commercial value that they're likely angrily tossed back by the native fishers because they foul the nets as bycatch when they're looking for some more interesting, read that, saleable fishes. Makes sense. Economic realities often supersede our geeky fish obsessions, right? Nonetheless, there are a surprisingly large number of live bears found in environments we might be fascinated by. At least enough species to kind of keep you on your toes, waiting, watching, and wondering if they'll ever show up in the hobby. And then there are really unusual fishes. One example... Well, it's more of a group, really. Knife fishes. Now, these are epic fishes. They have all sorts of cool ones. Now, the wrap on most of the knives is that they get really large or nocturnal, cryptic, you know, predatory, all that kind of stuff. And I admit that, but they're still cool fish. Some simply get too large and hide like mad during pretty much any time of the day that you're likely to be in front of your aquarium. I don't know about you, but paying good money for a fish whom I might get to see the tail of maybe three times a year, all the while pandering to its specialized dietary requirements can get real old after a while, right? However, they're my weakness. If there were ever a bunch of fishes that I'd break my no large fish rule for, yeah, you know, I fucking hate large fishes, right? It'd be these guys. However, there are smaller ones. Yeah, you heard me. Ones that reach reasonable sizes, some of which don't even spend every second of their existence hiding. Sure, I know my fave, the black ghost knife fish, probably my favorite fish in the entire world, will often become rather tame and come out all at all hours and they're captive bred now and you know but they still get pretty large but i give them a pass because the cool factor is just beyond anything yet there are others out there that fit my bizarre requirements if you will like the hypomidae uh, aka grass knife fishes there's 30 some odd species in the amazon region only a few of which have found their way into the aquarium trade or hobby 
The neatest thing about these fishes is that they are generally considered smaller than the big guys. You know, the clown knives, the banded knives, all those guys. Many come from small little rainforest streams, rivulets, even flooded forest areas and other habitats that we're kind of into around here, right? So, yeah, they tend to spend most of their daylight hours hiding in leaf litter. Hmm, we can offer them that, right? And come out at night, you know, to go on and do their thing. And, of course, after the lights are out in the aquarium, they'd be out, right? And they like to eat insect larvae and small crustaceans, so providing the right kind of foods isn't all that hard, right? The tricky part is obtaining the damn fishes to begin with, acclimating them, getting them to overcome their natural shyness and feeding them the right time of day or night, you know, night typically. I'd imagine that creating an aquarium for these fishes would be challenging. Um, it's the, actually, I should say that it wouldn't be challenging, but it would be challenging to enjoy them, i.e. see them when we want. That could be the problematic part. Nonetheless, the possibilities are super tantalizing, right? My dream species it's a fish called Microsternarchus bilineatus. And if you remember Sternarchus, that was the genus where the black ghost knifefish used to be. Now it's Apternotus, but it used to be Sternarchus. Anyway, it reaches a length no longer than about four and three quarter inches. That's about 12 centimeters. Can you imagine a knife fish that reaches four and three quarters inches? Yeah, I admit I've never seen this hobby and I likely never will. However, it's the chance of stumbling upon one that was collected as bycatch or by accident or whatever, which keeps busy fish geeks like me excited and on the hunt for years. I'm also strangely fascinated by a group of fishes called the Prochiodontidae, like the families Curamatidae, Prochilidus, etc. These are larger kind of neurotic fishes, some members of which can reach impressive sizes like 30 inches or 80 centimeters or more. They're, they're found throughout the Amazon River Basin, and I'll be the first to tell you that they aren't the most colorful fishes that you can keep, you know, either. They're often associated with marginal lagoons, flooded grassy areas, which, as we all know by now, form when the aforementioned larger rivers overflow during the rainy season. We talk about that incessantly. Are these fishes, you know, good to keep in aquariums? I mean, people keep, you know, Prochilidus species and semi-Prochilidus, you know, the flagtails, and they do reach respectable sizes, like 15 inches. That's freaking big. Uh, making them possible long-term residents of truly enormous aquariums. But again, I generally dislike large fishes, or should I say keeping large fishes in an aquarium. I just have this thing about the smaller fishes and larger tanks that I love. Okay, so why do I have even the remotest interest in this group? Well, I like what they eat. I love how they are detritivores. I find this type of feeder to be really, really interesting as a resident of a botanical method aquarium because they are adapted to processing the decomposing mineralized botanical materials as they're broken down by microbial and fungal action. That's a perfect type of fish to include in one of our systems, right? If only there were a smaller version. Well, there are smaller versions, smaller fishes at least, which consume detritus. What about the hemiotis? These are social fishes, typically attaining a much smaller size, like maybe five and a half, six inches, which is about, what, 16 centimeters or less. And they feed largely through, but not exclusively, upon detritus, mud, filamentous algae, and occasionally some aquatic plants. And they're typically found in smaller forest streams as opposed to larger rivers or tributaries, perfect residents for larger versions of our style of aquarium, right? And more interestingly enough, uh, more interesting, excuse me. They've been, I don't know why I say more interesting and only enough, that's weird. But anyway, more interesting. They are found in nature following stingrays. They snap up the little foods as the rays displace the substrate with their activities. Or 
that would make an amazing display for anyone who's into rays and as you might surmise i have like zero interest in rays myself but you know that'd be interesting yet again there are some smaller ones like one of my faves that i've kept the spotted headstand or chelotus punctatus it reaches no more than about three and a half inches maybe 80 or so centimeters in length i've kept this species before in a botanical method aquarium and really found them fascinating and useful they're picking up biofilms and picking at detritus what i find fascinating about these little fishes which tend to occur in both larger and smaller bodies of water uh, is that they're typically very specialized feeders again they're called detritivores for a reason and they also pick at biofilms and, and fungal growths on wood, rocks, leaves, etc. You know, interesting stuff. I guess you might liken them to carp, fishes that will essentially eat just about anything. And some of them, like the little headstanders that I just talked about, are social and tend to shoal together as they feed. I've seen this before in my tanks. It's pretty cool. It's fun to occasionally muse and consider the possibilities of smaller or more accessible versions of some of these really unusual fishes. And there are so many out there and they keep showing up. What's the one that keeps you looking, hunting, and searching? What What are the available analogs that you've kept before? That's something fun to muse about, isn't it? So as always, I leave you with a kind of a fun closing. In this case, just stay hopeful. Stay on that trail. Stay relentless. Stay dedicated. Stay studious. And always stay wet. <clears throat> Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics, losing my voice. I, I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.